Hi, Lance Meikle, founder and managing director, Generational. The coach that will enable you to at least double your revenue, retain your key clients, and have a saleable business that others will only envy. You're listening to Family Office Coaching with Lance Meikle podcast. On this podcast, you'll hear how implementing a multifamily office solution to your business will produce income that you can now only dream of, deliver you a strategy for key client retention, and ensure that you have solidified relationships with the clients that you want and can't afford to lose. If creating a business that has a saleable revenue of nine to 12 times, or EBIT of five to six times interest you, then listen up. So to get started, go to our website, genmfo.com, that's G-E-N-M-F-O.com, where you'll find heaps of free insights. You can request a free e-guide to get answers to all of your questions. And while on the website, visit our YouTube channel and watch our videos. For more amazing episodes, go to familyofficecoaching.podbean.com, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or your favorite podcast app. If you want to start making money now and have a more rewarding career, then take action by contacting me personally via LinkedIn so we can get started. Thanks for spending your time listening to this episode, an accountant expanding into family office. This podcast is going to get insights from a qualified accountant about why explore family office. The pathway from employee at the Sunshine Coast in Queensland to multifamily office provider in Brisbane. Learnings to date of selling and delivering a family office to a client. Let's jump straight into the information for making you money. Chris Davey, who is with me, is a qualified accountant, father of his three-year-old son, Nikita, which I hope I have pronounced correctly, we'll soon find out, and overall good person. Chris approached me circa or 12 months ago to assist with family office coaching, and I'm pleased to say he's onboarded his first client, and the second, hopefully for Chris, is looking likely any day. So Chris, hello, welcome, and thank you for your time and agreeing to share your journey with us today. Thank you very much, Lance. Uh, Pleasure. How did I go with the pronunciation? Did I get Nikita right? You did, spot on. Uh, Very good. That's his his formal name. We just call him uh, Nika for short. Nika. Okay, Nika. Yeah. So uh, his mum is uh, Ukrainian heritage, so we decided to go with a traditional Eastern European name. I hope he. Uh, I hope if he takes cricket up, I hope he becomes a bowler, mate. Otherwise, he might. Uh, he might get some sledge in the, on the batting side for a nicker name. That's pretty cool. <laughs> right, oh, side issue. So, Chris, let's open it up. Um, interesting journey, that's for sure. Um, how I'm sure some of the audience would want to know this question. They know if I would if I was in the audience. How and why did you go from a what I would glean, maybe it's not accurate, but I would glean a safe and secure job as a qualified accountant on the Sunshine Coast, which most people would aspire, uh, especially post-COVID, to uh, have that sort of lifestyle and that placement, to being and selling your first family office. That is quite a journey. <laughs> so I, uh, I grew up on the Sunshine Coast and I've been in the accounting industry since the early 2000s. Uh, I was working in predominantly public practices, working my way up, um, learning the ropes over the years. And it would have been around about 2014, I uh, moved to Brisbane for work opportunities, basically. So I do love the Sunshine Coast. It was uh, difficult to, to get um some work that I was looking for. So moved to Brisbane, uh, worked in a couple of commercial roles and then 
uh, took on a, a role at another public practice, which I stayed at for five years. Um, eventually decided to go out on my own um, and start my own business, mainly to mainly because I felt as though the accounting space and and being siloed as the numbers guy was somewhat limiting. Uh, so I've established my own firm, Accountica, um, and what we do is we connect money with meaning. So that's where I found... When did that journey start, lives. Chris? When, when did you uh, go out on your own? How long are we talking? Uh, that was uh, 2021. Oh, recently. So relatively okay. recently. Yes, yes. Yeah. So that's what's led me to family office as... I've found that uh, basically what I need to do is wear multiple hats. So as my accountant hat, um, my clients expect certain questions. And maybe maybe the, they expect certain answers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, more to the point, yes. Yeah. yeah. But with the, the family office uh, hat on, I have the ability to kind of ask the bigger, more meaningful questions and really get down to root causes and, and what we're all doing this for. So how's the how's the home life and the mental health gone with that, what I would say is a fairly uh, radical change? Yeah. So running my own business for the first time, mm. it's, um, it's always a challenge, you know. It's, uh, I now wear multiple hats. I'm marketing, I'm sales, I'm uh, the, the guy doing the work, I am customer success, I'm everything as well the, as. The numbers guy, yeah. Yeah, numbers guy, as well as uh, family man. So, uh, you yeah, know, it's a, it's a juggling act. Um, and just I think the biggest challenge is prioritising. What needs to be done first? Yeah, and, and stepping into a new sector, which we'll get to in a minute, but stepping into a new sector doesn't, uh, it doesn't streamline that outcome. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Out of the comfort zone for sure. Yeah. And any regrets with that decision today? None whatsoever. No, my um, as you alluded to, I have my um, my first family office client already, and so far they are extremely um, happy with the service provided so far. And I have been working for with these guys for a, a little while prior as um accounted also so just moving to this family office model we've been able to just kind of take them to the next level i guess so let's flesh that out what what to that statement the next level um for our audience what would you how would you share to the audience what you thought a level was to make that statement that there is another level what is the mm. deficits between the two levels if you will I would say the major difference uh, is with the alignment and synergy of the people working around their family now. So uh, to be specific, we have myself as family office advisor and accountant, as well as financial planner um, and the lawyer around uh, well, the major one we've done so far is a joint venture property development. Um, so that's something that although they had professionals around them in the past, they were not um, they were not really sure about the family's long-term goals 
benefit and um, strategy. Mm-hmm. So with this family office model now, all of the people who are working for the family understand what it is they're trying to do. And how, how that's a beautiful ideology, but how does that, in your experience, how has that flushed out? How's that played out? How's that come about to, to, to go from, if you will, it sounds like a spoke um, hub and spoke model where they were sitting on these providers and experts were sitting on the outside and now they're sort of sitting on the inside at a table, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, how did how did that come about? Given they had all those professionals that you've mentioned, the uh, the lawyer and the the financial planner and the accountant's number guy, um, what and how has that come about and what difference has that made to the actual um, mum and dad, I'm guessing, is the case? Yes. Uh, I would say... The major difference is in the past, yes, they had these professionals and they were all working for the family, but they were not working together. I was the numbers guy. I was doing my numbers. The financial planners, they were over there doing their thing. The, you know, the SMSF team, (coughs) they're over there doing their thing. The uh, mortgage broker, they're over there doing their thing. Mm -hmm. And it was infrequently that we would actually speak about things together. But now with the family office model, we are able to do that more frequently when required. So as an example, with the the property developer, uh, sorry, property development, you know, we need to bring in the lawyer and the uh, uh, mortgage broker Mm -hmm. to make sure that the the deal was done correctly. crossing the T's, dotting the I's, all the way along. So now we have the team of people working together and fully understanding what's going on at any point in time. And for our listeners, the mum and dad, the uh, the protocol for mum and dad, if you will, is patriarch and matriarch. So how have the, how have the patriarch and matriarch provided you or have they provided you with uh, feedback on that transition to that collaborative model versus the silo model. Uh, yeah, they have have both provided me some really amazing feedback. Uh, they they feel a lot more confident about the decisions that they're making now uh, because we we are somewhat doing it together. So in the past, uh, they. They are currently business owners and they were making the majority of the decisions by themselves and with me occasionally. Now we have a much more structured model of, okay, here's what we're doing now. This is what you've told me you want to do in the next three years, five years, 10 years, 20 years. How are we actually going to do that and uh, create that strategy? So the major feedback I got is they now have more peace of mind around uh, their business their risk management mm-hmm. and the effective governance of their entirety of uh, entities. Would, would it be would it be fair to assume they are receiving some pain and awareness of what actually goes on behind the scenes that they weren't prior, given they're more um, respected and having their voices heard and asking questions from these providers? That's that's a tough one. I'm not sure how to answer that question actually. Um, 
Yeah, because my my observation would be that people don't know what they don't know. They pay someone, they do a transaction, they do what they do. Therefore, it's relatively sort of frictionless. It's relatively painless. Um, and they pay, the thing gets done. We paid you to do whatever you did, whatever. It's all good. And yes. this, this collaborative model is now bringing questions and thought-provoking um, answers required to decisions that weren't previously made on the run or sorry they were made on the run but they weren't considered um, collaborative type answers and therefore they're getting a sense i'm gleaning that more time and consideration towards an end target is needed to get a better outcome as opposed to point and shoot definitely definitely so yeah with the the longer term uh, strategic planning that we now have in place so despite working with these clients for quite a few years, as I said, we're siloed as the accountant. So yep. really just getting down to the um, what this family actually wants to do in the long term has now helped us making the shorter term strategic decisions. And how, how did you go about getting the answer to that question? Because most people would never have been asked that question from an accountant. <laughs> Yes, it was a little bit like pulling teeth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you're a dentist as well as the numbers guy, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, if you don't stop and think about what it is you're doing all of this for, you are constantly going to be busy, 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 and doing what? What are we doing it for? So to actually get people to stop and think about it, Step back, say, all right, we're busy. We've got all these things on our to-do list. That's cool, but why? Yep. And <laughs> some people do this often. Some people don't do it ever. And if you haven't done it ever, then it's a really, well, I think it's personally a requirement for my life, and I think it's um, extremely beneficial for everybody to do. Uh, but to actually do it, it's really difficult. Yeah, I imagine it would be confronting for the patriarch and the matriarch to uh, to be confronted with those questions from a numbers guy or a dentist. I think it would be fairly confronting to uh, to have to deal with those, uh, you know, to deal with those thought-provoking issues, to sit down and actually have, those, have the answers to those questions means having that discussion mm -hmm. that most people, from my experience, mm -hmm. avoid. They, uh, they don't have to answer them because they're not asked the questions, but when they are asked the questions, they choose to either avo avoid them and one of the two normally choose to want answers, <laughs> if not mm, both. Yeah. yeah, so that process was exactly like that. I was uh, asking some, some thought-provoking questions and, and taking down some notes and trying to identify themes for them. So uh, I didn't just throw it out to them for, for them to try and sort out themselves. Good. What I really attempted to do is just get a feel for what it is that they were telling me and identify those themes. Now I provide that back to them and they've, they've run with it from there basically and, and edited to, to uh, their wishes because I can't provide them their uh, life meaning. No, but I can sure. help them. <laughs> And were you were you surprised at their lack of awareness, given they seem to be running a successful business from what you're saying? Were you surprised lack of clarity on a direction? Uh, I would actually say no, um, only because it's it's somewhat frequent from my experience. Most people uh, that I've dealt with over the years, they're 
And as I say, they're so busy with doing the things that they're doing, especially in this. So I typically work in a small to medium-sized business uh, area, yeah. anywhere up to 20 mil turnover is typically my maximum. Um, and in this space, everyone is busy. So it's not often that you get business owners that have the time uh, to step back and say, wait a second, what, what are we doing this for? Yeah, and if they do step back, they're stepping back it, it from a business perspective, right? An offsite business planning, quarterly review, board of advice type process as opposed to a life and family perspective. Yes, yeah, that's a really good point. Um, with a clear distinction between the two, business is business, and and for these guys, uh, you know, business is the the current means of producing income, but that's just one part of it. Uh, how that affects the family and everything else associated with that is totally separate. Yeah, the business is a subset of of what you're creating for them and what they think that they will get to one day that typically never arrives because the the business controls the focus. Um, rather than the the family um, legacy and issues around that. What about costs? I'm curious to flesh out, um, and it's not for our listeners, it's not a rhetorical question. I'm curious to to get your answer on this, uh, Chris, with your early days in the family office space. It's always good to push re- reset and refresh for me and and to, to hear what's sort of happening on the on, on the lay of the land. With mm-hmm. with your established client who's now moved into through your guidance and stewardship into family office cost for the client was cost to the client of their financial planner their self-managed superannuation fund their lawyer their property person their numbers guy would you say their their perception was that the cost would be dearer because this would require more time and therefore uh, that was an issue for them. Have they raised the issue around cost of your providers coming together? Yes, you, you've outlined there's some great strategic outcomes happening, which is great through mm. collaboration. But I'm just curious as to whether they, whether you you have perceived that there's actually a cost advantage for your client overall long term, or or are there cost impediments as a result of producing these good outcomes? Uh, I would say cost advantage, uh, mainly with the fact that any of the service providers uh, that are that are brought in to any meetings, uh, we are one hundred percent sure. Okay, if there's something that needs to be done by a particular service provider, then they will provide their fixed fee quote upfront. If they're not happy with that, then as the uh, the management team can choose to reject that. So okay. Okay. there there is always the choice mm-hmm. and it's about uh, getting the right people at the right time, doing the right things. Mm-hmm. So as I'm sure you're aware as a business owner, there are always competing priorities. There's always going to be people trying to sell you things left, right and centre. Yes. But what this model does, it enables us to prioritise what's actually required to spend versus the things that are just coming at us and taking our attention. Okay, so you're treating, you're treating it as a management team, you're, you're vetting. Would that be a fair word to use? You're vetting the, uh, yes. the outgoings and the professionalism of the people wanting, if you will, in inverted air commas, the money of your patriarch and matriarch. Yes, definitely. So in each case, there's a cost-benefit analysis and we need to make sure that 
money of course, that's spent. Of course, uh, there is. The of course, there is. You're a you're quiet. <laughs> of course, there is. <laughs> yes. Which is, which is but a no, good overall, thing. there hasn't been any any issues with pricing on any services because they understand that these things, any any service that uh, that we're we're talking about in meetings is not something that we just want to do. It's a requirement. We need to get this done, i.e. Uh, legal documents. That's a thing that needs to be done. So that has to be done. Uh, yeah, I think that... Yeah, I go, uh, go back to you. I go back to your comment earlier, Chris, which I thought was fairly uh, an educated comment around getting things done at the right time for the right reason, for the right sort of outcome. Uh, that, to me, reeks of, reeks of savings long term not possibly short term but getting getting good governance getting getting issues dealt with at the appropriate time by compliant professionals who are collaborating longer term my experience is exponentially reduces the overall cost to the family unit and its exposure to um, compliance matters has that been yes. your sort of feel today definitely and it's a lot of this is about the risk management side yes. of things so yes. Yes. uh making sure that everything is structured appropriately and all um documents are created correctly so that yes there's going to be a cost right now uh however if we don't do these things now and it's not a matter of uh if something goes wrong but when something goes wrong because there's always problems there's always going to be some problem for us to solve yes. when that problem arises that's going to be uh, vastly more uh, costly at that point in time. Yeah, and has that has that been um, has that? If we go back to your numbers guy hat, or go back to the Sunshine Coast and your managing partner role, if I was to ask you that question, then would you be prepared to speak to whether you would have pushed back on that and felt you were doing everything right and you were, were already providing these services? We had referral partners uh, with you know, various other providers, financial planners and lawyers and things like that, but it's not to the same level. I feel it's very transactional. We've identified that this area needs to be sorted. Okay, you can go speak to these guys about it. And that was the extent of kind of referral transact transaction. Mm -hmm. The difference being now with that uh, management team, everybody's aware of that. So um, the people are much more involved. And for that reason, I believe that that's a, a major factor with the, the peace of mind that I, I spoke of earlier yeah. because they're, they're not feeling like they're being shuffled around to places left, right and centre. Sure. There is people around the family who understand yeah. the family. And that in itself must be rewarding for you to experience the comfort they're receiving from having these professionals come together to suit their convenience rather than them get in their car and have to drive to or jump on Teams or Zoom or whereby or whatever whatever platform um, and sort it all out themselves. That must be something pretty incredible to watch and experience. Yeah. So I, I see myself as family office advisor is a connector to and facilitator of solving problems. So it's may not be me solving every problem, but through my uh, network and and um, and with my professional knowledge, I feel as though that 
that's the, the major role as the advisor is I can't solve every problem, but I know somebody who uh, can, <laughs> and so we can go from there. Oh, good. All right, change tack a bit. Um, I, I drew that out a bit there, some good, some good intel in that, so thanks for that. Um, what would you say was the hook for you to explore family office, not multi-family office, the, 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 the motherhood statement family office, whatever that is to whatever people's perception is or whatever they uh, do their search engine and come up with, um, but I'm going to mm. call it family office for the question. What would be the hook that made you um, interested, I suppose, to uh, grab that hook and grab on? That's a good question because um, as, yeah, we actually met through another strategy session, uh, nothing to do with family office. And it would be hard to actually say what it is about, what is the hook? Uh, but for me, I saw that that was an opportunity for me to wear another hat and, okay. and create the value that I, I know I can create for clients beyond the numbers aspect. Okay. So family office was the the journey that I needed to uh, to go on to be able to have the the discussions that I feel as though my clients really needed. Yeah. So yeah. So it's it's client centricity and motivation is what I'm hearing there, as opposed yeah. to um, you know being driven by the monetization aspects of it. Um, because I think it'd be fair to say you didn't even have a clue about what the monetization of it was at that particular point. No, not at all. And I will um, say that I came to you after uh, after our first chat, and I will also say that I am an inherent sceptic of most coaching. I say that say this with inverted commas. Sure. Uh, coaching, um, just based on my my feedback with many many clients over the years, mm. and. I won't go into the specifics of our relationship and and, and that um, part of it, but what I'll say is that this is the most uh, win-win relationship I could imagine with a, with a coach like yourself. Yeah, and hopefully win-win-win. Testament to you and, and your model. Yeah, that, uh, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, how hard's it been grasping and I'm using the motherhood statement again called family office because every, there's so many iterations of people's uh, interpretations of that. So I'm just staying with the parent phrase, family office. How hard has it been grasping what family office is or does? Has, has that been a quick, yeah, it's, simple, easy it's, go it's on Google? It's extremely difficult, honestly. As they say, you've seen one family office, you've seen one family office. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and that's one of the things that you will um, contend with is that if you uh, have a prospect, say for a family office client, and you give them this term, family office, they're going to Google it. And they're going to find Gates and Rockefeller, and they're going to say, "Okay, well, that's not me." Well, mm. it may be them, um, but most people are going to say, "I'm not the top one percent of the one percent of the one percent," so that's not for me. So uh, bringing it back to the scalable uh, multifamily office model and explaining these major differences uh, is key, is what I've found. Um, But, yeah, it's a a growing space in Australia and I see more and more people getting into it because of the exact benefits that I'm 
I'm trying to. Um, yeah, and how's the how's the how is it is a new entrant? I mean, my my journey in this space started in 2013 for reasons which um, aren't the purpose of this episode, so I won't go into those. Uh, but I'd be curious to hear your answer to how have you found the sharing the intel, the openness of providers in the family office space to be? Have you found sort of uh, it's a shut shop? Have you found it to be sort of open and uh, transparent? How have you found that to date? Uh, Extremely open and transparent uh, would be (laughs) the answer. Uh, So we are, yeah, all all of us really uh, working together, I think, to advance this space. So as I said, I think there's a real opportunity for a lot of professionals who may be thinking of kind of stepping outside of what they currently are just, I would say just doing. Sure. Um, yeah, it sure. definitely lends itself to accountants that really care about their clients and financial planners that really care about their clients and, and a lot of other professional services as well, amongst other things. Okay. I've definitely got a, a really good vibe from all the other people in the, the family oh, office nice. space. Oh, well, that's 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 important because I uh, I certainly didn't feel that in 2013. So hence the question. It's uh, you know I think it's like the Web three space. It's a it's a it's it needs to be a community for it to advance. And people who want to shut down and shut off and believe their head up their backside that they're better or more important um, through knowledge is power approach all to them. Mm. Um, that's not a community that I think is going to survive in 2022 moving forward, but each to <laughs> their own. Um, your second client uh, I mentioned in the opening, eh, whenever that is, that's inevitable. Um, there's one which I won't share with the audience, but there's one that uh, I would say is very likely to be onboarded knowing what I know about that situation. And I'm, and I'm just, to the question that I've just asked that you've answered, um, I'm just going to illustrate a point, but I'm more interested in the answer than illustrating the point. So the situation is uh, we met, yourself and myself met with a uh, female financial planner. Uh, the female financial planner had a uh, relationship that was referred to her. She was looking for an answer to provide a solution to this particular situation. Uh, that at that at that uh, coffee we had, that was run by my desk uh, with the assertion that it would probably be me, um, and I very quickly uh, moved that inquiry uh, to yourself. And the reason for moving it to yourself was for no other reason that I felt it was the right fit for the brief that was being given to me by the lady that we were having coffee with. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I felt it was the right, um, you know, a numbers guy was important, if you will, in this particular scope. Um, how how did that experience, that's what I'm more interested in rather than that overview, how did that experience of somebody um, handing over, uh, you know, a reasonable price point yet to be ascertained at that stage, there was no price points on the table, but fair to say a reasonable price point for a numbers guy or a financial planner or a broker um, in annualised sort of remuneration. How did that experience feel? I would say that's the the first time that's ever happened. Uh, It's not normal, I guess, in professional services to uh, refer refer clients to others if you could do it yourself. 
So uh, the experience was amazing because I got a really warm lead who was um, very happy to have a chat with myself and that female financial planner. Overall, it's just something I've never actually dealt with before, that kind of referral procedure process. Um, Most people in business, if they have got a potential client, they're going to grab it and take it and do what they can. Um, Yeah, good. I think in your circumstance, what you said is the – that client was in your eyes was going to be a better fit for me. So more than happy to pass it on. And I'm extremely grateful for that. Yeah. And I, and I have no doubt by your, uh, your caliber and your integrity, let alone your professionalism that you, to your, to, to, that's why I was interested to hear the answer to that question earlier around how have you found the industry. Um, so our audience gets a sense that that, that type of uh, community uh, is not should not be a throwaway word. It should be something that is in genuinely in the client's interest to try to match up a uh, suitable brief and a suitable outcome because it is it is at its core dealing with future generations. It's oh, not yeah. dealing with the patriarch and the matriarch. It's actually dealing with the longer tail um, of fifty to one hundred years of relationships. So it's pretty important to get it right rather than grab some money and mm. uh, and feel as though you you know you're providing some sort of exemplary service. There needs to be that right fit. Um, yes. A bit. And so hopefully, yeah, you've received that, and and, and thanks for that. What about learnings? Um, you know, hmm. we get a lot of a lot of people listening to the episode who are where oh, I was, and, and I think it. Learn. What learnings would you give to our audience if they're considering putting the toe in the water about family what office? What have I learned? Yeah. <laughs> Number one, I'll, I'll say something that I've learned about myself is that I'm still an, a very average salesman. <laughs> that's a, I think aren't that's we all? just one learning, uh, but that's okay. That's uh, sure. something. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, learning about family office in general in yeah. that. For people are considering putting their... You know, they're, they're hearing this. Say they're hearing this. Uh, they're hearing the episode, or they've listened to other episodes. They've done some research, and they're going, "What is the starting point? How do I? Where can I? Should I? If I do, like most people, I'll do a URL search or a voice search. Um, that's great. That, hmm. That's that's a given. What I'm looking for is your experience that you can gift people um, to maybe shortcut them uh, and their family some time and some grief and take away some of those barriers and, uh, you know, mm. give, them a, give them a leg up, if you will, if you've got any gems. I would say uh, you, unless you're currently a family office advisor, then you are going to be stepping into a new area. And that means change and change is terrifying. <laughs> be expectant of that. Uh, the, the value that you can create through this is worth being terrified for. That would be my major learning. That's a that's a that's a high end major learning. Well said, yeah. Um, lessons learnt, Chris. Knowing what you know now, <laughs> what are the things you wish you had learned earlier in your career? Earlier in my accounting career, yes. Just in general, hmm, I probably would have preferred to get into more commercial roles early on because I was a. Uh, I've been in public practice for many years, but. Uh, getting some larger organisation experience early on, I would have um, probably enjoyed. And that was one of the reasons why I ended up coming to Brisbane because that wasn't really an 
an option on the Sunshine Coast. Right. Yeah. No other gems you'd pass on? Um, other ones, people are everything. Um, oh. If you, we need to look after our people, whether they're employees, customers, financiers, other professionals, whatever it is, you need to treat people well everywhere. And that will come back to reward. So in closing, What's the best way for anybody listening to the to the episode who wants to contact you to potentially get some uh, words of further wisdom around your experience in the family office space or and or to refer a client to you? What would be the best way for them to contact you? Yeah, best uh, contacts on LinkedIn. So my name Chris Davy D A V E Y, or my business is Accountica. A C C O U N T I C A. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's where you'll find me most. Beautiful, Chris. Thanks for your authenticity. Thanks for your generosity of your experiences. Appreciated, valued, and good luck with your journey. Thank you, Lance. Appreciate you uh, spending the time and uh, looking forward to everything we're going to do together in the future. No problem. Stay safe. If you want our help in any way, shape or form, go to genmfo.com, that's G-E-N-M-F-O.com and interact. Please share this episode with anyone you care about so that they, like you, can have a pathway to wealth, health and a legacy. Please leave an episode review at genmfo.podbean.com, Apple or Google Podcasts, or your favourite podcast app, and subscribe to not miss our latest episodes. Until our next episode, remember, if a pathway to wealth, health, and a legacy is what you seek, Generational is where you start. Thanks for listening.